You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary... I, you know, we all have guilty pleasures and I really, one of mine is I really like these movies like Independence Day or Air Force One, where the president is usually somebody like Harrison Ford or some actor like that, who uh, invariably used to be a fighter pilot, which is usually important in the plot. Uh, But at the end, is threatened. He's the guy who stands up in front of the nations of the world. And the scene cuts from the people of the United States to the people of Africa, to the people of China, who all look to him because he's fended off the threat to our world. And so that was in my mind this morning when during the great pandemic, the greatest perhaps in 100 years, the World Health Organization gathered The president of China gave the initial speech. World leaders were all on there remotely. And when it came to the United States, Alex Azar, the Secretary of Health and Human Services, he's the American guy. Not only is there no Harrison Ford, there isn't even the president, for God's sake. Why do you think um, Trump wouldn't appear i mean what harm does it do him except maybe in his view of his base or because you know i this is where he puzzles me because it seems to me that there's no downside to appearing on behalf of the united states even if he goes off and says this crazy stuff absolutely and so now what we have is the president of China supporting the WHO. I know Trump's got a crazy thing going on there, but it is important. If this WHO fails, we'll have to replace it with something else. And President Xi uh, pledges $2 billion to developing countries above his help for the WHO. You know, I think we will look back at this point and say, that's when the leadership on the world stage changed. Today, May May 18th, 2020, we will know it's been coming. It came through the uh, Paris Accords, but it's really different now. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's some analysis that actually the, for all the crazy things the United States has done since World War II, that actually the, the, mistake of the Iraq war really began this slide. So even if you don't put it all on Trump, but as um, Richard Haas has said, this pandemic has accelerated so many things that already were happening. And I think Trump's um, missteps on the international stage have been accelerated in the last few months where the United States has failed to lead in any way. There's not one 
part of the response to the pandemic that the United States has taken a leadership role on. And actually, in many ways, they've gone in the opposite direction. Um, when I heard, just as an aside, that Doctors Without Borders is going to Indian reservations, I was humiliated by that. It felt like we were Afghanistan, that Doctors Without Borders has to come here to support our citizens. And that's just, I think, you know, indicative of how the world feels. What was the editorial in The Guardian is that the world looks at the United States with pity. I know. And, and with reason, because the internal decay, uh, I think that either the Times or the Post this morning talked about it as the hollowing out of government, which, which frankly, Steve Bannon and these people said they were going to going to do that. It's accompanied by a break in any kind of sensible links. Yesterday, Peter Navarro, who was the trade advisor, but now appears to be like a, a czar of logistics of some sort as well. But he comes on. <laughs> I love that and, name. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely slams uh, the CDC, the Center for Di Disease Control. And this group is terrible and they blew it and everything was wrong, wrong about this. And sitting in my kitchen, I wanted to stand up and say, Peter, the administration does realize this is part of the United States government, right? And, and Trump's that government. It, Trump's government. And you can, he can say as long as he wants, well, the shells were bare and we were left by nothing uh, by, by the Obama administration. My God, man, you've been in office for three and a half years. There is no more. Had, had this all struck in January when you were first inaugurated, maybe you can sell that. But why does he think he can still say that now? Because, John, I think that Trump's base, his supporters, and even, you know, many average Republicans, they believe that. They think it's a deep state thing. Government is evil. Everything is bad. And Trump is above that. He doesn't have responsibility for it. It's a little hard to understand. I think, you know, that's why it puzzles us. But there's a logic to it. When he says that, people are like, oh, yeah, that CDC is terrible. Well, if it's so bad, why didn't you fix it? Because right. only you own that. You know, I mean, yeah. you can't imagine a CEO of a company complaining about, you know, the logistics department and the company in the country is in the company is terrible and they can't get everything delivered. Well, you're in charge of the place. <laughs> you know, replace right. who's the VP of logistics or, you know, start from scratch. No one's stopping you from fixing it. And but Trump has just this really unique way and his sycophants, you know, articulated so beautifully of not taking responsibility for anything for which he's responsible. You know, who was it that said, you know, Trump wanted the job, but he doesn't want to do the job. Right. And part of that managing it is managing those governmental agencies is doing the job. Part of doing the job is showing up at the WHO during the middle of a pandemic and saying to the world, it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, we, we will work with all the nations of the world. 
to make sure that we get through this as we are one people on this earth. He couldn't utter those words if he had a gun to his head. No, he couldn't. And he lacked both the ability and the willingness, the hard work to actually manage this. And you've been there. You've sat in those chairs. Being in leadership, being in, in senior management is not just making a speech or a series of speeches. It's doing the day-to-day work of planning and organizing and following up on, on things. And because he didn't want to do that, he was all about miracle cures. Something was going to come, and that was going to change everything. But the end result, I, I mean, I share your deep sense of shame and upset at Doctors Without Borders going to Indian reservations. Incredible. I gotta tell you, I also looked this morning and watched as the numbers were shown that we have 4.3% of the world's population. And I think if I have the numbers right, we have a third of the deaths. That's absolutely true. I mean, it's unbelievable. And if, if you wanna put a national name on this, the way he wants to call it, the Wu-Tan or the Chinese virus, you want to know the accurate name? You name it the American virus, because we're the country that can't seem to get it under control. And we can't get it under control because this guy is so convinced there's going to be a miracle instead of doing the work, the work of managing your departments and getting the right people in place. I was wondering if Part of it is, I'm not going to say he's lazy. That's not exactly the right thing. But you know, remember, whether it's in your classroom or when you were working for a company or even just in your life, how having a problem and solving that problem is super fun. It's like doing a puzzle. So today Mm -hmm. I was watching this thing about preschools going back to school and how, you know, they're just trying to figure out like how to drop the kids off. And, you know, just just a lot of details about that. So, again, the personal story, our mom, who passed away a year ago, we actually buried her a year ago tomorrow, she worked in a preschool. She loved that job. One of the things she loved was pick up and drop off. Oh, she loved that. And she ran it, and she was serious. And the thought ran through my mind how much fun she would be having figuring out how to do that as the kids came back during the pandemic given all the constraints that there were. That is normal, talented human behavior. Like, I know this is hard. I know this is a puzzle, but it's kind of a fun puzzle to figure out. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Trump, he doesn't think that way. And most business people, which he, that was his calling card. I'm a business person, do think like that. Like, wow, this thing is coming at us. Let's figure out how to do it do it well, support the business, support the employees, never feels like once he said, hmm, this is a really interesting problem. Let's get everybody together and we're going to solve it. Well, you're right. But, you know, it's so interesting that he presented himself as a businessman. Well, okay, maybe being a guy who made real estate deals and kind of unusual financial agreements is not the same as the kind of business person you were or the people you worked with who had to actually operate a complex system. It's just not the no, same because thing. he only had a couple of tools. He bullied people. He sued people. He fired people. That's what he's famous for. 
you know, so he only had a couple of tools, whereas we know a situation like this and most situations in human life require nimbleness and a big toolbox. So I think when we come back, when history tells the story of how the United States bungled this and how it affected the world, Trump's um, inadequacies will be a big, big part of the story. You're absolutely right. Now, we've we've complained about his inadequacies, his incompetencies. I do have to highlight just a real asset. I mean, we could probably call it a superpower this guy has. You and I have said for a long time, irony is dead, but never quite as much as Donald Trump, who has watched one guy after another go to prison out of his administration, has been impeached. I won't even list everything. And he tweets, Barack Obama was the most corrupt <laughs> administrator. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't even get through this sentence, for God's sake. And everybody, I'm certain our listeners know, Barack Obama's administration was the most squeaky clean administration perhaps we have ever had. Right. I don't know uh, there. You know, nothing, nothing goes wrong. But it never bothers Trump. To say something like and, that. And Obama's, to end it on this, Obama's response to all of it is vote. Well, Obama has a good response because I would have said, Mr. President, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs> Which is why he's president and I'm not. Yeah, I so guess. <laughs> we have to wind up because uh, we have to celebrate our brother's birthday. Absolutely. Always got a Zoom birthday going on when you got nine kids. You got it. Talk to you tomorrow.